The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Hello, my name is Ray. And I am the host of Miracles in Recovery. In the studio, I have tonight with me, Ellen Arnold. Hello, everyone. Hi, Ellen. How are you? Doing great, Ray. Good, good. Ellen and I have done a couple of shows before. We did uh, a couple of terrestrial-based shows and a couple of uh, other-based shows as well. And they've been all about addiction and recovery. And, And I will claim my seat as a recovering addict. I got clean February 28, 1989. Um, so for all of those that are doing the math, that's 27 years. And, uh, you know, fortunately enough, along my journey, I've learned a lot of life's lessons. You know, like when I first got clean, it took me five years to get a year, you know, because I, I didn't know how to get out of my own way, you know, and I didn't know that. You know, there were people out here or out there that were willing to help. So what I did was I just stumbled along the way. And, and, you know, fortunately enough, I'm here today to say that, you know, I am a miracle in recovery. You know, and, and today, my life is second to none. You know, and, and you know, I, I, I don't think I heard it on the play-in, but the call sign for the, for the uh, radio show is hope is in your corner, because hope was always in my corner, but I had no idea how to look for it. You know, I had no idea who I was at that time. I was just existing. I was just another, you know, another bozo on the bus, another bum on the bench. And until ultimately, you know, uh, the pain got greater, and I needed to make a choice because death seemed like a very viable option. But I really didn't want to die. I knew that it. I knew my addiction brought me to a crossroads, and I had to do something about it, or I would have fallen by the wayside, like so many millions of us have, you know. And and it saddens my heart even today when I hear stories and and read things, articles about, you know, cities that are rampant with drug addiction, and. They have 15 overdoses in a 24-hour period. And some days, that's light. Some days, it's 32. Some days, it's five. Some days, it's six. One is too many. And we're here to hopefully get a message out and hopefully have people call in and share their experience, strength, and hope on, one, how they did it, two, the how they've dealt with 
the addicts that are doing it, family members. That's why Ellen's here. She'll share in a minute about her story. And, you know, three, how we all get together as a community and fight this. I mean, I know we fight it in little pockets, but I don't think that we're giving the all-out American effort that we do with a lot of things. And, and I think that, you know, we need to stand up and we need to take charge. We're losing our children. We're losing our loved ones. And, you know, just because of addiction. And, and it's something that we can all overcome. I overcame it. Like I said, it took me five years to get a year clean because I didn't know any better. Back in 1989, well, excuse me, when I started back in 1985 trying to get clean, there weren't that many people out there. Today, there's millions of people. We have a huge voice, and we need to make it roar. You know, so I'm going to let Ellen share a little bit about who she is and, and how she found herself on the other microphone tonight, and um, we'll go from there. Ellen? Thank you, Ray. Hi, everybody. My name is Ellen, and I am the mother of addicts. And I didn't know anything about this disease at all, and I did not know that addiction was a disease, and I will be the first now to say that it is definitely a disease of the brain. But when I first started on my journey, I had a child who suddenly it came to light uh, due to arrests and things like that, that she had a huge problem, and I did not know anything about it, nor did I know what to do about it. But I did think, because I'm a mom, because I work in healthcare, because I'm a smart person, that I could probably fix this. It would just take finding the right type of treatment, um, getting in the program, and wham, bam, she would be fixed. And that was anything but what really happened. And I've been at this now at least 10 years. Um, and what I ended up discovering was that I can't fix anyone else. The only person that I can fix is me. And finding the help for me took a little bit of time, too. But for me, it took getting into 12-step programs for families and friends of people who are suffering from the disease of addiction and actually getting in and working my program, going to a lot of meetings, talking to a lot of people. I'm also very um, focused, and I tend to get obsessed, and I became obsessed with learning as much as I could about this disease. And as I began to read and research, what I found was pretty astounding. There are so many people who are out there now who are suffering from this disease that it's almost as if we are losing an entire generation of people. And the various problems that go along with it, the arrests, the felony convictions, um, generally arrests for relatively minor things. But because we started what they call the war on drugs about 30 years ago, and the drug use has become much more proliferative. There are a lot more people who are getting in trouble. So we have a lot of arrests. There are a lot of people making money in the legal system. There are a lot of people making money in the jail system. And there are a lot of people who are suffering. And I know that I have suffered. My children have suffered. My family has suffered. And from what I can see now, it's getting worse, not better. But there are solutions, and I think that's the reason that Ray and I are on the air now. There are a lot of people who have been affected by this, who are out there looking for answers, who are looking for a way to at least try to live with it, if nothing else, because sometimes that's all you can do. So we, we, have, we have a lot of tools, and we're more than happy to talk to anyone who is interested about what we do and what we did and how we're coping. 
So please, by all means, call in. The call in number is 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Let your voice be heard. Be part of the solution. You know, everything you've ever dreamed of is on the other side of the fear you feel. Call in. We can help. Or at least maybe listening does a lot as well. You know, um, I know for me, when I was out there using, you know, my, the famous last words that I used to say was, it'll never happen to me. You know, and also, I'm not hurting anyone but myself. You know, and sooner or later, I found out that, you know, you knock on the devil's door too many times. Sooner or later, somebody's going to answer. Fortunately enough, I was able to get out of my own way and to find recovery through no real purpose of my own. I mean, it kind of fell in my lap. And, and gratefully today, and why I say it fell into my lap was, is that, like I said, I struggled for a long time, and I was in and out, and I thought that I could do it myself, and I thought that, you know, um, it was the, I was the great I am, and nobody was going to get in my way. I was knocking on the devil's door. Fortunately enough, he never answered. You know? Um, and slowly but surely, once I got that one day clean, I started getting a little bit of a realization that, you know, life is worth living. You know, before I was, I was outside with my dogs and I'm, I was contemplating our inaugural show and saying a lot of prayers to be able to say the right words and whatever came out of my mouth was God said and not uh, Ray motivated. And I was, I was watching like a hawk fly around and the flock, a hawk was flying around and there were six or seven pigeons sitting on one of the electrical wires. You know, and it's funny, the comparison, the beautiful hawk was flying and the six or seven pigeons are just sitting there. I was one of those pigeons for the longest time. I sat there. If you wanted to shoot me, you know where I was because I only lived in a, in a, I lived in a two block area. I never left that area. You know, um, and today I can be that hawk. I've been around the world. I've been, in, you know, in every single state. Whereas when I had those addicted, you know, quote unquote handcuffs on me, I couldn't leave the four or five block area that I traveled in because that's where everything happened for me. That's what, that's what happened to my life. It slowly got edged down to a park bench five blocks away from my house. And, uh, you know, today I'm so grateful that I, that I can get out of my own way on a daily basis and allow somebody else to give me a little bit of good orderly direction. And that's all we're really trying to do here. We're really trying to get on the air and have our voices heard, have your voices heard, because I think the louder we speak, the more people will listen. So call in, 866-472-5792. Make a difference in someone's life. You know, stop with you. Because I, I know for the longest time, and Ellen can probably agree with this, that, you know, me being the addict, 
I used to think, hey, I'm not hurting anybody. You know, I'm not bothering anyone. I'm doing this to myself because I couldn't think past me, you know, and I know I was destroying my family. And, um, well, I would say the disease of addiction is the disease of the entire family. When, when one person becomes an addict, the entire family gets sick. True. And the entire family sometimes gets crazier than the addict, you know, because you're dealing with these unexplainable, unimaginable behaviors in a person who you could never imagine acting that way. You know, they don't say jails, institutions, and death are the, are the end result for nothing because that's exactly what happens. But there's a lot of mayhem that goes on before any of those, those really bad things happen. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, just so the audience will know, I know Ray keeps a picture of that park bench that he mentioned <laughs> that he lived on for several months so that he can remind himself every day of how far he has come from where he, where he started this journey. And a journey it is. I, I think it's something that you do for the rest of your life. It's not something that you can, okay, now I'm better. I'm just going to put it to the side. It doesn't really work that way. You've got to keep working it because otherwise all of those insidious messages that you hear in your brain can come back. And they can come back for the family as well. You know, you can start mistrusting things. You can be triggered by little acts that maybe you didn't, you never would have thought about before. But, you know, oh, does this mean, you know, they're going back to it? Um, you look you look for missing stuff. You look for cars that are gone in the middle of the night that shouldn't mm. be. There are all kinds of little things that can trigger you. Because they're, they're all indicative of what has happened in the past. True, true. And you, and you, you only know what you've been programmed to understand you know and, and like what, what you said I mean it's a you know constant vigilance I'm guilty of um, having a lackadaisical attitude and I don't necessarily know if it's um, because of the time that I have or if it's just because it's human nature to not worry about yourself and worry about everybody else around you I, don't, I think that's an ism really I don't think that's human nature I think <laughs> you're probably right <laughs> so um you know, getting, getting back to, to my thought before I go somewhere else. I stay connected by trying to help others, but I'm lacking in helping myself. And I have to remind myself on a daily basis, I have notes all over the place, um, to remind myself to be grateful, to get on my knees, to, to thank my higher power, to thank the people that have got me where I am today, have gotten me where I am today. You know, and I try to reach out to them. Um, but you know, life takes over and and I find myself in a spot. Fortunately today, I've never been back to a point of where using is an option, but I can absolutely tell you as a recovering addict, that option is there because it was so prevalent so many years ago that why wouldn't it be an option today? So if you're floundering around and you think that you're making it okay and you're wondering why your life isn't going the way that it should, why the TV's breaking and all of these things are break, all, all the stuff in the world isn't going on right and it's affecting you, then maybe you might need to look at what you're feeding into your mind. You know, for me, recovery gave me my life. You know, that there was, I, I almost had like two lives when I was three, really, 
when I was younger and a kid and happy at play and sports and, you know, everybody loved me and everybody cared about me. And then I became the scourge of the community. I became the addict along with everybody else's children that I hung around with. Fortunately enough, I was plucked up out of that. I've lost so many friends that, you know, at 28 years old when I got clean, I think I, I, we could, I could count like maybe over 100 people. Nobody at 28 years old should have that happen to them. You know, that's how bad this life, this, this, this addiction is. And I'm sure today, I'm 56, I'm sure today it's worse. Oh, we know it is. 129 people a day are dying of opioid overdoses or opiate o- overdoses. Um, there, there's actually a, a movement called 129 a day where they profile a person. You know, and it's generally a young person who has died from, from an opiate overdose. And these are someone's children, someone's brothers, sisters, husbands, wives. And it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. So please call us at 866-472-5792 and be part of the solution. We are here. We are here. And um, we have a caller, but I think I'm going to ask to see if she might stay because we're getting close to our break. So I don't want to cut her short if she has something that she has to share. Um, I want to give everybody the opportunity, the full opportunity to be able to share what they have, to say what they have. And I don't want to cut somebody short. You know, I just want to say again that everything you ever dreamed of is on the other side of the fear you feel right now. Call in. We can help. The name of the show is Miracles in Recovery. My name is Ray Lynch. My co-host is Ellen Arnold. I'm ultimately from the Boston area, if you couldn't figure that out by the way that I spoke. And she's from the backwoods. I'm from the south, and you can tell, yeah, the backwoods, (laughs) North Carolina. (laughs) The backwoods and North Carolina. We have these accents. Okay, so we will be going to break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to pick up the conversation where we left off. Feel free to join us at 866 472-5792. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. The root causes of disease can be better prevented and cured using an integration of modern medicine and holistic healing techniques. Become educated by tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does have its place, but it should not be the only course of action. It's all about regenerating and healing our whole selves through better choices in lifestyle, foods, spiritual connection, and stress management. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is a distinct connection between your physical health and your spiritual health. You would be surprised at how closely the two go hand in hand. By taking care of your body, you take care of your spirit. And it works the other way, too. Honor God with what He gave you. Listen for the Divine Wellness Academy radio program with Troy Izmir. Tune in live every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. And be inspired to use your body for God's glory. 
Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Miracles in Recovery. Please visit our Twitter account at 855-STOP-USING. That's at 855-STOP-USING. Or our Facebook page, Miracles in Recovery. Also, if you'd like to send me an email, send it to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Let us know topics of what you would like to hear on upcoming shows. Also, if you think that, you know, you may be a, you would like to be a featured guest and be on the show for an hour, uh, please, by all means, send me an email at uh, raymiraclesrecovery.org, sorry, and we'll send you an information packet on how to schedule to be on the show. And so that way we can focus on what you have to bring to the recovery community for a full hour if you'd like to do it for an hour. You can do it for two segments. You can do it for an hour. Um, But we'll go past that now. We have Healy from Arizona on the line. Hi, Healy. How are you? Hi, Ray. How are you? Fantastic. Well, I've been listening in, and um, I was just want to say that um, it's true that there's more than 129 a day that are passing away from the opiate or heroin addiction. Uh, my son, I lost two years ago, and um, it's just completely out of control. The uh, the expense of uh, obtaining Narcan or Vivitrol or things that are effective in helping addicts. Um, the funding is just not there. Right. And it's, uh, it's, it's a shame, and it's frightening because we are losing a whole generation, and it's, it's absolutely getting worse. Now, let me ask you a question. I, I know in, in Massachusetts, I was, I'm a retired firefighter in the city of New Bedford, and I know that they carry Narcan now as uh, first responders. Narcan. Do the, do the police and fire in, in the city you live in? carry it as well? They do, but it's just first responders. So I'm actually trying to um, start changing the laws here in Phoenix because um, you can't you can't get it. I was in California for a while, and you can go to um, local places to actually obtain Narcan, and you can give it to someone who may be overdosing, but in Arizona, it's not that way. Only first responders, you know, firefighters, police. In California, you can carry it in your pocket. You can go buy it at a local pharmacy. You can get it from um, 
downtown at the harm uh, prevention. Oh, okay, harm reduction. Yeah, okay. They, right. They like mm-hmm. the, almost like the needle exchange type stuff that they exactly. do. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, and, uh, they all have a purpose. I mean, if if you know, I had the ability to carry it, I'm sure I would because of my beliefs in you know and everything like that. And you know, I, if if I can save a life. Then, if if it has to be physical by knocking, then so be it. Yeah, and yeah. I think there are still a lot of emergency rooms that don't even carry it. Probably. Oh, absolutely. I mean, people here in Phoenix are dropping. That they're going to be faced with this. It's everywhere. You know, it is an epidemic. It absolutely is. And kids shouldn't be dying in bathrooms or gas station stalls. You know, it's it's it's. And you know, amazing. I think. I think that, you know, um, when I was using, uh, you know, the the heroin that was on the street was maybe 9 to 13% heroin. Yeah. And, and now today it's it's 100 times more potent with this fentanyl and all the other stuff they're mixing with it. And, and people are doing what they normally assume they should do, and it, they're just getting you know, a terrible effect on it. I mean, I, I would love for the world to stop today. I know reality, that's not going to happen. But I know if we keep shows like this and if we keep our voice out there, we're going to get people together. I mean, they just had that, um, they had uh, uh, that Addiction Awareness Day last year in, in D.C. and they said that millions of people went. I mean, I wasn't fortunate enough to go. Because I had something else I had to do, but you know, so there, there's you know people in you know movie theater, Congress that have been affected, and they're willing to step up. But I think we all need to take a, a very concerted effort as American citizens, and at least worry about our children first, and then we can worry. Then we can help maybe help the world after. But you know. The way that we're going, losing over a hundred people a day—that uh, that's like serious crowd control. And actually, what you were saying, the fentanyl. There's something that's even stronger. It's I just forgot what it was called, unfortunately. But uh, like Norcan is not going yeah, to be able to. The elephant tranquilizer. So I don't exactly. know exactly. Yeah, but Norcan won't be able to reverse it. So it's. I mean, it's the problem's not only getting worse it's we're getting to a point where the things that could help are not going to be able to right but if there's anything i could say in terms of um dealing with a child with an addiction is having the utmost compassion and love i know tough love um is used by some but to you know in the very last days of my son's life he thank me for never turning my back on him and, you know, making sure that he always had everything that he needed and he always felt loved. And I know so many addicts don't feel that way. They're so full of shame, um, guilt. And that is an added dimension that just adds to their depression and demise. So... And let me say from the bottom of my heart that I am so, so sorry for the loss of your son. You are living my worst nightmare, and 
you know, the fact that thank you're getting you. out there um, and trying to do something to help other people, it, you know, it's it's wonderful and thank you. Well, thank you. And, and, I, and um, I agree 100%. You know, everywhere you go, you're told tough love, throw them out, turn your back. And I personally, you know, you get labeled enabler. I personally find that to be not something that I can do. And I finally got over my shame of being an enabler, and now I stand on it and say, yes, you know, I do love my Absolutely. child, and I will help I think it's a fine line between enabling, and, I mean, it is a disease that you wouldn't turn your back on someone with cancer. But, unfortunately, um, when the addict is in their throes of, of their situation, they can't think properly. So as a parent, you do need to help them think. You do need to make good choices for them because they're not going to make good choices. It's yeah, the well, yes and no. With the, you know, so it's I, our, I, our duty as a mother or father to help them as best we can and you know, to comfort them as best we can because no one who's a heroin addict is enjoying it. They're in so much pain physically, mentally, emotionally, I mean, I watched, I watched my son literally, you know, have convulsions and throw up and seizures. And, I mean, it, it's horrible. It's, it's nothing that anyone, trust me, is uh, enjoying being an opiate or heroin addict. It's, and I it's, think, you know, that you hear a lot about choices. And I think after a point, it becomes, it's not a choice anymore. It, it becomes something that, ha- you know, they have to have. Or, or they feel like they're going to die, you know, and, and raise the expert here. You can tell me if I'm, if I'm talking crazy, but, it, you know, it seems to me like I hear a lot of stuff about, oh, well, they made a bad choice, maybe the first time. But after that, I don't think it's a choice anymore. Right, you know, and it's funny. You say, you know, you say that you don't, you don't understand uh, a mother until you walk in her shoes if she's lost a child or, or a family member or something like that. You never really understand an addict until you are one. And uh, for me, I was an emotional terrorist. In other words, I knew how to manipulate every single situation that I was in. Uh, That being said, um, when I knew that the jig was up and my mother wasn't enabling me anymore, I found new ways to manipulate her to enable me. So, um, you know, an addict is is a very crafty being. I don't want to even say a person because, you know, it's it's something greater than the individual that's even, you know, there existing. And, um, you know, every addict can relate to being able to manipulate. If we could take that power and, and, and turn it to a positive, We'd probably all be Einsteins because of what we had to do to get by, to live. I agree with that. You guys are wonderful salespeople. Yes. And, uh, I mean, like today, I don't have any substances in me, and I probably couldn't sell an ice cube to an Eskimo. You know, I mean, I I just don't. That's not my purpose. But when I was using, I could do whatever it took and say whatever I needed to say to get my next shot, to get my next high, or so I thought, to get my next straight. And, um, you know, so, you know, I, I totally hear what you're saying, but from an addict's perspective, I have a little bit different one because when my mother thought she wasn't enabling me and had to think for me, I was manipulating her to think that. So, 
I totally get what you're saying. So I, you know, and sometimes it does work for some addicts. I mean, it's some sometimes tough love can work. I, I mean, I've seen um, I've seen it happen. I think it really depends on the particular person. My son was very, very sensitive, um, hypersensitive to other people's emotions, and um, I know that's somewhat a common thread. But um, yeah, I agree with that. It's uh, I just know that on his dying moment, knowing that um, he was loved unconditionally, oh, right. that, that I can rest in peace and that he, he is resting in peace as opposed to if he had died and I had kicked him out that night. I, in my heart, I, wouldn't have, I, would, I would never rest in peace, nor I know in his heart he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have either. You know? I mean, you, you don't want your child who's sick. Like that feeling they're anything but loved more than, you know, anything in this world. I mean, it's... it's right, no, I, 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 I get, I get what you... I get what you possibly give them. Yep, I get where you're coming from. My mother came on one of our, uh, our former shows and shared about... Um, she was a, she's a registered nurse, and she had to go annually for CEUs or whatever they're called. And she had to stand up in front of a group of her peers and say goodbye to her son, who was me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was that erratic. I, I caused that much trouble and chaos within my family that my mother had to ultimately stand up and say, enough is enough. I need to protect my family. And she had to get up in front of a group of 300 nurses she didn't have to but this was where she ultimately felt the the need to do it and say goodbye to me and ultimately if he dies I will love him to death but I have to say no going forward today I have to say no and one of the things that drove me to get clean was knowing that my mother ultimately said, no, you are no longer allowed on my property. You are no longer allowed on my daughter's property. Your male is no longer allowed to come to any household that is in my family. She had to just completely, I don't want to say disown me because she was my mother. She loved me. You know, she just had to completely back away from the manipulation that I was causing within my family and ultimately until that could happen could I get out of my own way because all of my angles at that point were gone I was no longer an emotional terrorist within my family group I could no longer walk into the house and get what I wanted just by acting a certain way and you know I love my mother to death today because she did that I, I totally understand where people are coming from that have different life scenarios to get their children through or to sadly not get their children through. Well, I think we, we, we say one size does not fit all because it really sure. doesn't. I mean, I've done sure. all of that, you know, thrown her out, you're, you know, not spoken to her, no money, don't know where she is. And, you know, ultimately it ended up making things much worse. And, uh, you know, I'm just fortunate that I didn't get that call, in, in my opinion. But, 
you know, like you say, for some people it does work. For others, it, you know, it can be a terrible thing. And I, I, I know a lady who bailed her son out of jail and he overdosed that night. And, mm. you know, she goes and revisits that and wishes that she'd left him there. So it, it I guess my point is not one single thing is not going to work for everybody. But the, the thought process out there now is tough love is the only way. True. And I truly do not believe that at all. I think in, in many cases it makes it worse. Right. And I think, you know, like, like what you were saying, you know, it, to each his own. I don't want to say to each his own because that kind of blows it off. But, you know, this was something that my mother had to do to protect her, yeah. her family unit. And, you know, and it I, totally you, so commend, awesome. I totally commend Healy for doing what she needed to do for her child, for her family. Um, and today I would not be who I am. If it wasn't for my mother, I mean, she was one, my biggest enabler, but she ultimately became my biggest champion when I said enough is enough. I have no clue and I have no idea what to do, you know, Um, and she she suggested that I reach out to people in one of the 12-step recovery programs, and I ultimately slowly started getting an understanding and an idea of... um, you know, my using habits, my using behavior, who I was putting myself around. I went to detox, I don't know how many times, and ended up back on the street um, with the friends that I was using with. I mean, how, how, big of a, how big of an opportunity would I have to stay clean there? Well, I think that's one of the biggest problems with detox and rehab. You know, you're, you're in with a bunch of addicts, and then you get put back out on the street with either the people that you were using with in the first place or a whole new set of friends to use with. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> right. what, that's what happens. And I think that's, you know, you hear a lot of stories, and we live in Rehab Central, and you hear a lot of stories yeah. about everybody in a, in a halfway house relapsing and dying. And that has happened here recently. Right, right. exactly. And it's frightening. But, but those types of situations exist everywhere. And I think... You know, as we look at the problem and all of the different components of it, that's one of the biggest ones is there's not enough aftercare that keeps you away from all of those old people, places, and things that you need to change. Well, I think, I think too, though, I mean, you know, um, I think it is the responsibility of the individual that went in and got clean. I mean, you know, for me, every single time I left, they gave me the knowledge um, but I didn't know what to do with it. Right. You know, I had the knowledge and I would go back out and I go, hmm, well, that didn't work. And I ended up back in the detox. Hmm, that didn't work. I had the knowledge. I have the same knowledge today. I think, I think we just need to um, readjust. It's, it's almost like there's something that has yeah. to click in we your brain. To, we just need to readjust a little bit on how we're feeding that knowledge in because an addict that goes out and chooses to use after they are clean that's intentional. That's not, that's not by accident. That's intentional. True. You know, and, uh, you know, you become a, I don't want to say with 30, 60, 90 days because you're still in the fog, but I mean, anytime, anytime after you become a volunteer, you know what I mean? It's, you're yeah, not but a you statistic, have what, you're a volunteer. You also have what's called post-acute withdrawal syndrome or right. pause where your brain chemistry has been so screwed up by the drugs and now you're off the drugs, but right. it hasn't had time to, it takes up to a year and sometimes even two years before your brain chemistry is okay again. And in that time, that's when you're going to get triggered and that's when you're going to use again. Right. No, you're right. 
and then you go right back out and, you know, you're right back where you were or worse. You're right. We'll, we'll share a little bit more on this topic when we come back. Call in 866-472-5792. Let your voice be heard. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everyone. And like I've said a couple of times, everything you've ever dreamed of is on the other side of the fear you feel. Call in now. We can help. Call in 866-472-5792. I've been cued that we have a gentleman from Massachusetts named Rick on the line, and I think this is a very familiar voice for me. Hi, Rick. Rick, are you there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How you doing, Rick? <laughs> good, good. <laughs> I just want to break mine and Rick's anonymity. Rick is my sponsor. He's been my sponsor for over 27 years. So, that's why I said a familiar voice. <laughs> what do you yeah, have to say for yourself? I said, let me call in. I was hoping I didn't miss you. I was cooking some hamburgers on the grill. 
<laughs> At least you can be outside. It's too hard to do that here. Right, right. And just think, just think. If it was, if it was a few short years ago, you wouldn't be cooking any hamburgers, right? That's that's. I'd be cooking something else, and it wouldn't be hamburgers. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. God's uh, blessed us. He has. So what? Um, what do you want to talk about, Rick? You know, uh, I like to I like to talk about the disease of addiction in uh, the area, New Bedford area. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. addiction and, and the gangs and the poverty. And uh, I just uh, I just went and did a service the other night. Fifteen uh, year old kid got got stabbed and uh, uh, sorry to hear that and killed. You know, and usually in, in in this New Bedford area, in this area, it's over. You know. The drugs, you know, right, the, right. selling the drugs, you know, and it's, and it's a disease that's uh, incurable, but it can be a sting, you know, like yeah, you that's, know. That's, you know the uh, thing, that's the thing. That's the thing about addiction. It doesn't necessarily. You don't have to be a user, quote unquote, a user, to be caught up in the mess of it. You know, um, addiction gets you from all different angles. Addiction is money addiction. You know what I mean? Kids that don't absolutely. use it and sell it. You know, and, and what you're referring to when you're saying New Bedford, um, he's speaking of New Bedford, Massachusetts. This is going international, so I want to say uh, New Bedford, Massachusetts in the United States. Yeah, um, New Bedford, Massachusetts, New, New United States, Fall River, Brockton, Mass, the surrounding areas. And, uh, right. Well, you usually, well, you usually get in this area, I, uh, I was blessed to get recovery back in 1984. And, uh, yeah. After six years, I uh, I was hired with the sheriff's department, and I and I've been seeing for years and people coming back to the jail over and over and over, you know, uh, over you know, chasing money, chasing the drugs, and and not being able to jump out of it, and it's a epidemic, you know, uh, back here, it's murders, it's, it's overdoses, and it's. Getting way out of hand, and uh, you know something that something that you just said. I, I want to uh, I want to uh, reiterate on. Rick just said that he used to use the jail as a housing facility for himself, and then he became a jailer when he got clean. I know people who were on the wrong side of the law, and today they're lawyers. You know life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. Lou Holtz said that. It was a, it was a, a Notre Dame coach. And, you know, why I say that and why I bring that up is that if you are listening and you're struggling and you're saying, I will never make anything of myself, look around you. There are people that are living proof. There are lawyers. There are doctors. There are judges. There are, you know, there's a correctional officer on the phone right now. That was in the position that you are in today. That was fortunate enough to pick themselves up and pull themselves out and make a difference. So don't ever think that the hand that was dealt to you is the one that you need to play. You know, you can turn those cards in and get another hand. You can say, I don't like this deck. I want another deck. I want to be able to try from a different angle than what I have been trying to get this thing. And that's why I said, you know, when I was in and out and in and out and in and out, I was playing the same deck. 
somebody stuck a deck of cards in my pocket that I had no idea how to play. Rick ultimately showed me how to play them because somebody showed him how to play them. Reach out for help. Yeah, I think what you're trying to say, you know, uh, that the addict person using is not going is going to keep on using until they change until they mm-hmm. look at their exactly. stuff and they accept their addiction for what it is. It, nothing's going to change. You know, they're going to keep on going to jail, and the person going to jail going to keep on going to jail unless they change. And it's uh, it's an opportunity out here with different programs that you can go to and uh, find somebody to show you how to live. If you want to get to New We're York gonna... or, or the flower, you find somebody that's been there to tell, show you right. how to get there. Yeah, yeah, you don't just jump on a bus and head to Detroit and think you're going to Absolutely. Florida. Um, but we're going to try to get people on the show that have these programs, these availability programs for people to get out of their own way, for families to help get out of their own way. You know, Ellen's a big, a big, um, she's living proof that once you get out of your own way, the addicts that you love will follow, you know? I mean, she ultimately stopped enabling her family. Well, I'm in and out of enabling, <laughs> I will say. I just wanted you to tell I have to. I have to, you know, I, I, I have to be honest. And if I'm honest, yeah, there is some enabling going on. But my, my rule is, you know, if, as long as you're trying and you're not using, sure, I'll help. But if you're using... I'm not going to have anything to do with you at all. I will not see you. I will not talk to you. You know, it's, I can't, I can't go that route because it doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for the addict. And, Absolutely. And, Absolutely. You know, if you're not dealing with the solution, you're dealing with the problem. True. The exactly. Problem. Exactly. And, you, you know, I will not feed the problem if I know, that, you know, knowingly there, you guys are pretty sneaky. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> occasionally some stuff might get sneaked in on me, but, it, you know, it, it comes to light pretty quickly. And, you know. Right. There's something else when you just said, you know, you're either living in the solution or the problem. Um, I remember a long time ago, I saw a, uh, a bumper sticker and it was Einstein on it. And I think he said, you can't simultaneously practice peace and prepare for war. You can't simultaneously practice recovery and prepare for relapse. You're doing one or the other. And I think that, you know, me being the addict animal that I am, um, because it, because that, that animal is, inside, is still inside of me, I have to, you know, do my due diligence on a daily basis to get down on my knees and, and ask for help, to call Rick and ask for help, to call whoever and just reach out and say, hey, I'm alive today. Because I know if I left to my own devices, I will find myself back to the park that I began in. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Mm. So it's, uh, think, thanks. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Rick. Well, I'll cut you off. I think uh, the sad part is that uh, the majority of the people don't make it and they end up, you know, what they say, jail mental institution or death and, and it, they're dying they're dying like crazy here you know and I know today it, more uh, so it's death yeah, it, it's else. terrible everywhere you know you would think that it's only in certain places and I know New Bedford's been probably notorious for quite a while but it's everywhere now it is yeah. in every small town every little place every big place it, it 
it is astounding to me how fast <laughs> this epidemic has grown. It's funny, you you know, um, you just said New Bedford's been notorious. You send one of your loved ones there to go get recovered. I certainly yeah. do. <laughs> Because New Bedford's been notorious, <laughs> that, that which means that there are a lot of there right. there are a lot of resources there as well. It's just yes, I suspect the resources are probably pretty well, you know, sucked up at this point. Mm-hmm. I bet they're waiting lists for treatment. I bet they're waiting lists for halfway houses. That's the problem okay. that we have everywhere. Yeah, I think I think this is a, this is an easy time to get into a treatment house, uh, detox, because summertime. You know, it's summer, people, yeah, and, and it's easy to sleep out on the street during the summer. It's easy to yeah. sleep out on the street. I think what we, you know, detox and the halfway houses are good, but what we got to concentrate on, I believe, is jobs. You know, if, if I didn't go, mm-hmm. you know, I was a fisherman, I went back fishing for a while, and then I the sheriff's department, and if you don't have any jobs, you go back to the same corner, go back to the same household, and you keep on doing the same thing over and over, different and expecting right. different results, but the same thing even, keeps happening. No. So, so we, been, we need to, you know, educate the young people, give them jobs, you know, uh, have a have a goal for them, and not just say, put them in a jail, throw them back out, they go back to the corner, do the same thing. So we gotta, you know, we gotta have programs to, you know, uh, build them up, send them back to school, give them, you know, give them some education. You know, you I agree, uh, and it is yep. so hard to get funding for that. There are a lot of people who are trying to do that now, and there's yeah. the government, Congress especially, is very unwilling to come up off yeah, of any money great. to do things like that. And without that, you have nothing. You, you know what I'm no, saying? No, this is true. That's so true. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. And you've got all these kids with felony convictions now who can't get jobs. You know, there may be jobs available, but they're not. they're not considered because they have you know, a felony for some minor possession. Yeah, come out of jail, you know what I mean? Uh, tattoos on their face, on their arms, you know, tracks, <laughs> and they can't, there's nothing for them to do, so, so they just go back to, you know, doing right. so perpetuate they, uh, the cycle. Right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a shame. And then, then also, recovery, you know, did you know, uh, to get off the subject, it's still on a subject, the doctors here are making a five hundred dollar bonus to put the young kid on the suboxone, <laughs> and that is worse than the, <laughs> the drug. You know what I mean? So we gotta, gotta get the kids. Yeah, on you know, the I think completely. I think that you know, coming from all different angles, it it doesn't the, the disease of addiction doesn't care. Um, no, not with you does know, I want to uh, I want to thank you for calling in, Rick. Yeah, and, good, um, good talking to you, Ray, and I'm glad I was able to. Uh, See your text and uh, have a blessed night, guys. You too, Thank Rick. Thank you. Thanks for all you do. You know, I think that I think that you know the disease of addiction doesn't care. And Rick just made mention about doctors and how they how they you know that's an addiction in itself. You know, I mean, we, we lived in the pill mill capital there for a little while, and you know everybody yeah, that's quite was a story too. everybody was hating. Well, we're gonna have to do another show on that, but everyone was hating on the doctors because they were killing our children, and they were caught up in a disease of addiction as well. It was it was a disease of addiction of money. They had millions of dollars up in their up in their attics, and you know, you see you see on TV all of these shows that make it cool, right? You know, and and it's just really not cool. I mean, my life wasn't a movie when I was out there. Nobody even wanted to be around me. I had two pair of clothes, 
I put on one pair of pants and I stood the other one up in the corner. You know, I mean, nobody wanted to be around me. Well, you don't have the, you know, the sad music playing in the background when they see pictures of you sleeping on a park bench in the snow. Right. And, you know, having your father drive up and say you're killing your mother and drive away. Right. And, you know, and you don't, you know, get killed in one episode and you're back as your as your uh, twin brother in another one. You know, I mean, that's we don't live Hollywood through our through the eyes of no, it's it's the basic addict. No, terrible, terrible life to try to live. Yes, it is. It is. So, I think we did very well with the show. I mean, I'm looking for something here that I lost that I wanted to read, and um, we're coming up on a minute left. So, if you or your organization would like to be a featured guest on the show. And talk about some of the things that, you know, some of the services that you can provide to the addict out there. Please send me an email at ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. That's ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. We'll send you an information packet and how to schedule your show. And also, if you can't make the show time at 7 o'clock, we have the ability to go remote. We won't be able to take phone calls, but we have the ability to be able to go remote so you can still share your experience, strength, and hope to, to this world of addiction that we will be talking about. Um, I'd like to thank Ellen for coming in and helping me through the first hour, and I'd like to thank the listening audience for for calling in and um, getting involved, you know, and uh, I'm so blessed today to have the life that I have. My life is second to none, and I am very grateful. Thank you, and good night. Good night. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.